Ray Fittipaldo going to join us in an hour on the Fan Hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh Trusted Plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Jason Mackey down in Bradenton right now. First workout today, boys. Pitchers and catchers, the Bucks. Quick. They're back. Came quick. Let's go. But the offseason in Major League Baseball, it lasts all the way through spring training. You'll remember this guy, Corey Dickerson. Pirates didn't get him until spring training, and he wound up being a pretty good piece for them. You know, the free agent market in Major League Baseball, it just goes on and on and, and on, and, and, and it lingers. And, right, and the thing about it is it's because these owners know it, it's basically like legal collusion. They know the longer you wait, to make these guys wait, the cheaper that you get. Remember Neil Walker, couples, a couple of springs. I mean, he went deep into the spring before someone signed him, and they signed him for peanuts based on what he probably should have got. Yep, and it's their way of battling back against a union that has always seemingly had the right. owners by the balls. Right, that's the thing. And, and so you're right. There are guys like that that are available that are going to be out there that they probably – you know, say it would cost them $10 million now. If they're still on the board three weeks from now, four weeks from now, now all of a sudden you can get it for $6 million. You right. know, that's what, that's, what, that's what that whole game is. And it's why at this point I am still not willing to write the Pirates off for 2024 and say they have no chance to either win the division or they have no chance to be a playoff team. It doesn't take much. you got to get in the mid-80s and wins. Mm. You're going to give yourself a chance. Well, so Jason Mackey reports the Pirates are – in trade talks right now with the Miami Marlins, and the name that he has come to figure out that he thinks they're trying to acquire is Edward Cabrera, who is a 25-year-old pitcher who's under team control until 2028, a guy that has great strikeout numbers, a guy who's got a career ERA of 401. If the Pirates traded for this guy, Nick Gonzalez may, might be part of the return, or G1 Bay, one of these guys in the log jam at the second base position for the Pirates. If that's the return and a prospect or whatever, this is a guy that would slot in, I think, and be your number two starter from day one. Yeah. And that makes a massive difference given that their bullpen should be one of the best in Major League Baseball. It's probably, at least on paper, the best in the division. If you're rolling out there, Mitch Keller, Edward Cabrera, Martin Perez, Marco Gonzalez, and then you figure out the fifth starter, is that a great rotation? Probably not. Can you live with that until Skeens gets added? And with your bullpen being that good and with O'Neill Cruz back, I think you got a chance if you add one more starter. And I actually like this Edward Cabrera guy more than Herman, who they've been linked to. Right. And if they trade for Cabrera, Mackie said they might still go after Herman, the guy with all the, the incidents yeah. and mm-hmm. the clubhouse mm-hmm. incidents. I like Cabrera more. He's under control. The, her mom would probably be on a prove-it deal. If they get this guy, I think it changes the expectation from right now maybe they're a, a high 70s win team into one that could contend for a playoff If spot. they get two pitchers, I you mean, that changes. I mean, well, they got to they do something. Right, but they need, they, they need at least two. They need at least one pitcher. Probably two, but my, my we talked about it yesterday. The Cardinals aren't very good. Cubs aren't very good. Brewers aren't very good. Reds stink. 86 wins probably wins the division. And they had 76 this year. So how do you go, How do you get there? They made Let's a 15-win jump from one to the next. If you make a 10-win jump, it's doable. It's doable, but here's the thing. A couple things have to happen. O'Neill Cruz. He's got to be the guy that we think he is and stay healthy. Okay, if he does, that changes something. That's probably worth what? a couple, At least a couple of wins. 
him hitting home runs, right? Howdy doody at first place, the lefty that they got from the Brewers, <laughs> Rowez, yeah. right? Him, him, him rowdy doody, whatever the hell his name is. He, he, he's a guy. Maybe he adds twenty to twenty-five home runs for them. Okay, so now I don't know that Asmani Grandel has much left in the tank, but at, at least, least he's a pro. He solidifies your catcher spot, and maybe. So, what are you missing? A starting pitcher. That's the biggest thing. If you get the start, if they get if they get a starting pitcher who comes in, add it to the rotation, and then in June or whenever the Super Two date passes and Skeens comes up, you know. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I really hope they do. If Skeens is not ready to be a starter, I hope they bring him up anyway and just make him a bullpen guy. Because if you can go to a guy, think about it. That throws at one oh three. Well, they did that with David Price in Tampa right. in Absolutely. That's what they did with him. A number of starters mm-hmm. have started their first year, their rookie year, in the bullpen. And guess what? They learned how to pitch in the majors against major league hitters. But could you imagine you go from Skeens to Chapman to Bednar? To Bednar. Right. I mean, you're basically shutting games down. And in you the got fifth Colin inning. Holderman. You got Majlinski, right. who, who was pretty good last year. Their bullpen is not an issue, I don't think. That's the thing. But you're basically shutting teams down after the fifth inning. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm actually okay. Like If they got Herman and they got Edward Cabrera, all right, now you've built some depth. But if they only got Cabrera and your fifth spot is either Luis Ortiz or Onzi Contreras or Quinn Priester, I don't believe in Priester, but it, whoever of the three of those guys pitches well in spring training, if that's your fifth spot and then Skeens unseats that or you trade one of your lefties – Whenever you do get skeins in here, like, you get one moving. pitcher and yeah. everything changes, yeah. I think, for this team. Now, you mentioned some guys that need to step up, and O'Neill Cruz needs to be the he needs to be the needs, ma- the one right. that's promised. He needs to hit the ground running. Yeah, he's got to be special this yes. year. And like stay from, healthy. From, the, from the start. Yes. It can't like game one. Right. It can't be, oh, this can't be a find out year with O'Neill Cruz. That was supposed to be last year. Well, we don't have the luxury of that anymore. You gotta be the guy. You also need Mitch Keller. To be the guy he was from the end of the previous year through the first half last year. That full block of season guy that he was. You need him to be that the whole year this year. He he needs to put it all together and show that consistency where he's not going to fall off a cliff. I mean, you know who else needs it needs to be consistent to hit the ground running where they left off? Is Cabrian Hayes. Like he's a guy he's a guy, I think, in this discussion, within this roster. That could be a make or break for you winning games. If he hits the ground running and plays the way he did on the latter half of the season. Oh, absolutely. And plays and starts that way and figures out a way to play consistent throughout the whole season after he starts with that, you know, the way he ended, then we're talking we're talking some money. And, and you think yep. and you think about it, you know, Jack Sawinski. He gets a little better against lefties. Right? Here's the thing about Sawinski too, Paul. If Tellez is the guy he was two right. years ago. There's a lot of ifs, right? I mean, that's the reality of when you're a small market team and you're not spending a ton of money. If he's the guy he was two years ago, if O'Neill Cruz is the prince that's promised, right? you can live with the guy hitting seventh in your lineup who's going to take a couple weeks off here and there, but who can carry you for a couple of weeks now. Like, if Jack Sawinski is what he is, but those other guys are better, that's fine. Well, if you think about it, if you can get 20 to 25 home runs from, from Sawinski and – Telez gives you, say, 18 to 22 home runs. And Cruz gives you what you think he's supposed to give you, which is probably 30 home runs. Okay? 
Cabrian Hayes adds a couple to his t- total. Now, and, and you know, you still got Reynolds and you still got – now all of a sudden you've got a lineup where you've got guys up and down the lineup. You've got to worry about hitting the ball out of the ballpark. That changes everything about how you pitch every single guy in that lineup because you've got to be yep. careful. So that these are – we're talking about a lot of ifs here, but – there's enough ifs right. that I feel like some of them are going to hit. Yes. Like Oliveris, who they brought in from the Royals, he's got some pop and some upside. Like he factors into that outfield discussion. We haven't even talked about 1-1 catcher and Henry Davis, who how much is he going to catch? I don't know. I just need his bat to be what it was in double-A last year and then grew into in triple-A. If his bat shows up, and he's only catching two or three times a week, maybe he DHs, maybe he's playing sometime in right field, I don't care. Give me... That bat, but if 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 any one of a couple of those things hit, they should be able to hit well enough. If you add a starter and you've got this lights-out bullpen, that you should be competitive wire to wire. And that's the other thing I want to see. Look, I think they got to make the playoffs or else it's a bad look for this front office. It's time now. you got to win. But a baby step towards that at least would be don't have an April and then fl- flounder about and then mm-hmm. have a strong finish. Mm-hmm. Can you be consistently? Can you be consistently average to consistently above average all year long? And give us, put yourself in a position that maybe at the deadline you're adding something like that. I think it's there if you make this kind of trade. You got to cut in half the losing streaks. You know the right. losing streaks are what what killed you. And like if you cut that in half, and I do believe that last year, whether they eight games out of a wild card wild card spot, I think roster construction and lineup construction had a lot to do with that. It's because you're you're putting guys in different spots that don't belong there, because, but you didn't have any choice. Right, right. You didn't have any choice. Even with O'Neill Cruz, and say he doesn't hit 30 home runs, with him being in the lineup and where they're going to put him at, yeah. changes everything. Yeah, there's your shortstop hitting third every day. Right. Like, it changes everything about the lineup construction that will even help you win games, even if he's not super productive at that spot. Yeah, you're probably going to platoon at first. Yep. We haven't even talked about Triola, how he fits in. There are going to be moving parts. Henry Davis, where's he going to play every day? There's probably going to be mix and match. But if you've got a bona fide four hitter, if you got a cleanup hitter every day, everything else does fall into yeah. place. You're right about that. Yeah. How then, are, oh, go ahead. I was just going to throw it out there to the people, Paul, at 412 if the Pirates add a starting pitcher, do you think this could be a team that makes the playoffs? If they add, in particular, Edward Cabrera from the Marlins, do you think this could be a team that can contend for a playoff spot? 412-928-9370. Paul, we'll get your uh, following thoughts when we come back. Also, a couple of stories that came out yesterday regarding Super Bowl 58. There's drama in the air, baby. And we got to get to the Doran's rolling his eyes. We got to get to that coming up next. You can hit us up on the text line, 412-928-9370. Brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And you can tweet us, brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Merch Plumbing. Coming up in a little over an hour, 8.30, love advice, the love doctor, Paul Zeiss. Yes, because I've been so successful in my life. <laughs> but I feel like people will call in, and you're not going to tiptoe around, and you're not going to dance. Here's what you need to do. You need to set ultimatums. You need to do X. You need to do yeah. Y. It'll be perfect. And then, you know, Doran and I can really help people. But you call in, you get love advice from Paul Zeiss at 830. You can text us. You can tweet us. Your hypothetical situations. It's all anonymous, right? No one needs to know your real name. <laughs> you need some love advice. Hypo- call at 835. But here's what's funny is My what if friend. Some, what if somebody yeah what if somebody calls in 
and they, you know, they, they just have a hard time. They can't disguise, uh, disguise their voice. And their significant other hears what they have to say. It might expedite things, though. It could it be might. a good thing. Yeah. Didn't, re- didn't realize you felt this way. Mm-hmm. Right. Ex- exactly well, right, Thor. This is a way to get it off your chest. And I've got one to start that was texted to me. So we can let it get going a little bit. We let it breathe a little bit. You'll hear the advice from that one. Yeah. And then we'll take your calls, your texts, your tweets. 412-928-9370 is the phone number. And the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. All right. I know people seemingly have the Taylor Swift fatigue, even though she had 54 seconds during the entire Super Bowl of airtime. New numbers are out. The 18 to 34 female demographic, the percentages were way up for this Super Bowl than in any other Super Bowl. So she obviously had an effect. Mm -hmm. But that's not so fun to talk about because we knew that would happen. There would be the people who were interested in the NFL for the first time. Brandon Marshall on his podcast <laughs> says that Taylor Swift had Kanye West kicked out of the Super Bowl. He said Kanye West had a plan. By the box, right in front of T-Swift. So every time they show T-Swift, Kanye West's face is there. First of all, brilliant troll job by him. Yes. Brilliant. Secondly, do we believe it? Yes. You believe that T-Swift had Kanye kicked out? Yes. Did you see her talking to Goodell? There's a video of her talking to Goodell like in the suite, uh, just a one-on-one. Um, she knows, she's very aware, or she's being told what she brings to the NFL. So, in a way, she's basically a partner of the NFL. And, hey, do you want to see me? Do you want that 54 seconds? Because I'll go hide in the back of the suite where you can't see my face at all. <laughs> Do you want that? Do you want that demographic of 18 to 34? She knows the number. She is not a stupid person. And they hate each other. And they, they hate, and they each, hate other. each other. In fact, he wrote a song. He's got a lyric in one of his songs so, about her. So what she probably did was, oh, 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 he, I don't want him here. I need him out. And she went to whoever she needs to go to to make that happen. And they're probably like, well, you paid a lot of money. I got a lot of money, too. Yeah, so I'll pay him not to be I, here. I'll pay him not to be here. If I'm her, I'd do exactly that. If I'm him, I'd do exactly that. This is a feud that runs deep. So you mentioned the lyrics that he, the lyric that right. he put in one of his songs, which was not kind to Taylor. No. Saying he's going to sleep yes. with her, right? Yeah. He also, at the Music Awards, whatever right. it was, the Grammys, in fact, for the best, the best video, he did the whole Beyonce thing. I'm going to let you finish, but it should have uh. Beyonce. <laughs> like these two, this is peak Hollywood drama. And let me tell you something. I'm here for it. I, we talked about this yesterday, Paul. I'm not a big grudge guy. You're not a big grudge guy. No. But I can appreciate a good grudge. And if Kanye trying to screw it up for Taylor, I love it. And for Taylor to say, you're you're playing yeah. checkers here because mm-hmm. I'm playing right. checkers because right. I'm the queen yeah. of the NFL. Yep. And I think the thing about it is it's it works for both of them. You know? It did, yeah. It works for both of them because a lot of Beyonce fans don't, are not fans of Taylor Swift because they think Taylor Swift you know, gets too much hype, and a lot of Swifties are uh, the same way about but Beyonce. So Kanye West buddying up to Beyonce, you know, and, and it's it's one of these things where it's it's good for both of them to be involved in this thing, even if it, even if it didn't happen. Well, we're talking about it. We're talking about it, and a lot of people are talking about it. That being said, and I think we talked about this before, Kanye West is so much better of a performer – and his songs are so much better than Taylor Swift. It's not even funny. 
the the difference between those two monetarily though is ginormous. Oh, of course. Kanye West, his net worth, I googled it, four hundred million. Taylor Swift, one point one billion. Mm-hmm. Right. And that number is going up, up, and up. But even even this feud being out there, that's going to help Kanye West sell albums, like you would think. And doesn't he have a new one coming out? Yeah. And that's so what, does she. That's the so, whole point, like I said, the publicity. Mm-hmm. It's worth it for him. You know, if you're going to tangle with somebody, <laughs> tangle with the guy or, or tangle with, uh, with Taylor Swift, who right now is on top of the world. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is there are enough people who are – Taylor Swift out, they'll probably jump on Kanye's bandwagon mm-hmm. because of this. Like, oh yeah, finally someone stood up to her. So <laughs> the big bad Taylor you know, Swift lost think, again. But <laughs> took that out. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me if, I, if we if we played ten Kanye's best ten oh, songs yeah. and Taylor Swift's best ten songs? It's not even close. Yeah, I know you're right. Taylor has one point one billion. Taylor has a better reach and this and that and the other thing. But but music's subjective, and they're also going for totally different demographics. True. But I, I mean, I've always liked Kanye West as an artist. There's something in it for me with Taylor. I don't know. And Be- I've always loved Beyonce too. I don't have a problem with Taylor Swift. I mean, but my point is, I don't have a problem with her. But like I said before, I can name four or five singers who are better singers than her. No doubt. She's a great songwriter oh, and a great a, performer. Yes. You know what I mean? But from a vocalist standpoint, hell, Reba McIntyre is better than her. You oh, know I'll what take I mean? Adele, you know, seven times. Kelly, Kelly Clarkson, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston. I mean, come on. But, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of laugh at Kanye because he's nuts. Absolutely out of his mind. I mean, he's <laughs> and, uh, he's not a guy that, you know, he's not a guy that I think I'm, we're, we're not sitting here saying he's a great guy. No. But no. he's done a good job here. Of promoting himself, right? They they are they both stay so true <laughs> with their public image to their character, mm-hmm. and they're both. I don't know. He's like a freaky genius about it, and I know she's a genius about. She, you know who she reminds me of is LeBron, like LeBron and all of his business reachings, right? I mean, those two performers, uh, athlete in LeBron's case, singer in her case, they've made themselves so much more than that. You know, if you're in a business class and you want to get into this, or if, you, right. if you're if you an artist and you want to get into this, or an athlete, those are the two people you should study. Or no t- doubt. Or Tiger. Or Tiger. You know. Maybe stay away from the Perkins West, uh, waitresses. <laughs> the Perkins yeah, waitresses. Just stay, you know, maybe don't go to Perkins. Hey, here's all you Waffle need, House wait, always open. Right. Here's all you need to know about Tiger, though. He had to give away about $600 million to his ex. Still and he, rich. And he's still a, billion, he's <laughs> exactly. still a billionaire. That's, that's all you need to know. All right, coming up next, we just talked about LeBron momentarily. We haven't talked about that yet, this yet, this week, Paul, and I wanted to wait for Doran to come back before we did get into it. Can Pittsburgh handle an NBA team? Well, they're trying to figure that out. Do we think they can handle four major sports teams? We'll get to that. So we got two big-time NBA guys here in the studio, and then you got me. I'm a casual NBA guy. I'll watch all the playoff games I can, but regular season doesn't do much for me as I'm trying to watch football and hockey. And now, is it the county, Paul, 90000 bucks. Yes. They're going to do a study here. Yeah, the county sports authority, uh, exhibition authority, yes. And so they're trying to see if Pittsburgh could handle four professional sports teams. And the NBA, I think, moves the needle for people more than the WNBA. I'm not disparaging here. I just think that's the reality. And Molsey made one of the best points I've seen on this, that Denver is the smallest market that has four professional teams. And we're talking about almost a million fewer people in Pittsburgh than in Denver. But I'll open this up to you guys. 
Do you think Pittsburgh could handle it? Well, an NBA team specifically. They, they 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 would have a better chance here of a WNBA team. Yeah. But what we've seen from Pittsburgh fans are they don't like what they feel is a minor league. You know what I mean? Is is as popular as the Riverhounds are. If they didn't have a four thousand seat stadium, you know, if they played in a stadium with ten or twelve thousand seats, they they would have a hard time selling tickets. The big thing is not the tickets. That tickets sold are important. Could you sell out the corporate suites, the boxes, the sponsorships, all that? And I just don't know if there's enough corporate money left over for an NBA team. Because, you know, before they would even award a team, you'd have to be able to show right. that, you know, we're going to sell all of the suites. <clears throat> oh, we're going to sell all the suites, all the boxes, all the, you know, sponsorship available. I just don't, I don't know that that's here. That's interesting. I didn't really think about it in that kind of realm. But, you know, I, I if they can support a team, I, I would say yes, probably. And especially if you bring in a team like, you know, the Golden Knights, whenever they came into the NHL and they they won, and it's an and it's a good expansion team, and you get the right players and you have some names attached to it. Um, I I think that people there's a lot more people that like the NBA that would be willing to go and see and buy tickets than I think we think here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, but I don't know how many of them there are. That's part of the problem. But here's the other thing. So just to give you a little history, right? In 1997, 98, something like that, 99, there was this kind of eccentric goofball who kept trying to get all the businessmen in Pittsburgh together to have an NBA team. So, of course, Bob O'Connor was the mayor. You know, was a, So I, I decide, okay, I'm going to go up and I'm going to cover this guy because he, he kept eating. He kept sending emails, hey, you know, we're going to have this meeting of all these business people. But I did a story about the history of professional basketball in Pittsburgh. So we had way, way back, we had, and an, there was the league before the NBA was the MBL. We had a team called the Steelers. I'm sorry, the Pirates. We had a team called the Raiders. Okay. Then it came to the ABA and the ABL, and we had the Condors. Here's the funny thing. So the Pipers were, you know, a, a, a team. They won the NBA, the ABA championship. They were here one year. By the end of the year, they were selling out. You know, they were getting good crowds in there. The owner took them to Minnesota, and it was a total disaster. So then he tried to bring them back for the <laughs> third year, and fans here were like, oh, well, screw you. So Marty Blake, who was the general manager of that team, he has a great quote because they changed the name from the Pipers to the Condors. They asked him, why did you change it to the Condors? He said, because the Condor is a dying bird, and this is a dying oh, franchise. Wow. So my point is, they had the Piranhas, if you remember the CBA, which I loved going to the Piranhas games. We had uh, the Explosion. Was that, was that their name? It was another CBA team. We've had no less than 11 attempts. <laughs> It's professional basketball here in, in Pittsburgh, and it hasn't worked yet. Well, and I'll tell you, man, I'd love to see it. It would be great for our job. Oh, first I would of love it. It would be huge. From an entertainment standpoint, it would be wonderful. I would love I would love it to be the Condors again. It would be awesome. But I, I don't think it would work, guys, because it took a lot 
for the Penguins to work. I mean, a lot. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they almost left twice. They were winning championships, and they had won championships in the 90s. They still almost lost them again. When we're talking X generation, we're talking 9,000 people in the arena. They almost lost the Penguins. And we know just from working in this industry, you know, part of it is, how good are your ratings? Can you break previously held listener habits? You're always fighting battles and ratings, and there are stations that have been listened to forever. Can you break the habit? You would need to have immediate success like you said, Doran. And then you would need to continue to have success for that to become a new habit Mm -hmm. because when you lose, this talent showed that a thing that was loved as much as the Penguins, when you lose, they don't love it forever. And 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 that's why why the Penguins are so adamant about keeping the stars together. Well, because, I mean, look at the attendance now. Right. 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 I mean, I, I do think that we are always thirsty for a winner here in Pittsburgh. And if there was a time to strike, and I don't know when this would even go down, but say that the team was here right now, they would probably be thriving because the Steelers weren't good this year. The Pirates, you know, or whatever. The Penguins are whatever. It's like, oh, well, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go to find some type of su- success? And say the NBA team that was here was doing decent, people would show up because they're so thirsty and hungry for a successful sports team in Pittsburgh. And kind of what the, you were saying with the, the sponsorships and selling out the suites and stuff, I think in a case like that, if you have a big business somewhere say you have a big business in minnesota and you and you love the timberwolves and you know but you do love pittsburgh you're from pittsburgh originally you're gonna put your headquarters in pittsburgh if you're a business person in a different city you're like oh well we're expanding i'm gonna put a headquarters in pittsburgh and i'm gonna i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy some season tickets they would move their headquarters around the people that would actually be fans of pittsburgh and basketball that would be the biggest thing though is like how much more can pnc and highmark i mean you know if you think about the big name Corporate, you know, corporate entities that we have around here that do all the sponsorships for, you know, all of the different teams and everything that goes on. I just don't know if there's that much money left well, over. And you just think from an individual standpoint, disposable income, you know, Pitt's had a tough time. Like, you got to win if you are Pitt to be part of the conversation. Now, there is one thing with that that, that would give me some hope is, you know, I do think this town would embrace basketball. Like as much as you could again with disposable income, because Pitt was the hottest ticket around whenever they were really good in those early years with Jamie Dixon. Right. I mean that that Peterson event center just had the three hundredth win there. That place it was tough to get tickets. Now you're also talking about what eleven thousand, yeah, twelve thousand instead right. of twenty thousand, or eighteen thousand, or nineteen, or whatever it would be at the at the arena. Um, the other part of it is I don't know that the NBA would expand anywhere that there's not a brand new arena going to be built. That's the other part of it. So, is it not new enough what they have? <clears throat> no. 13 years, what is it? 13, 14 years? Man, has it been that long? Yeah. And yeah, I guess it was cuz the Flyers beat the right? Penguins. That and that's the that's mm-hmm. the problem that you have. The NBA would want you to have a new arena. That's probably where they're going whenever where if they decide they're going to expand or move a team, it's going to be to a place where they're building a brand new arena. And they have guarantees that all of the suites, all the sponsorships, all that stuff is sold out completely. Now, I'll say this. If the Penguins did leave and we had two sports teams here, I think Pittsburgh would be a great market. Great market with two teams. To add a fourth, that's tough. We can get back to this a little mm-hmm. bit later on. Actually, I'd love Doug Whaley's thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Doug would be great. And you've got a great business mind too, Dorn, and so do you, Paul. I'd love to hear his thoughts on this. All right, coming up next, I discovered something horrifying, just absolutely horrifying, 
last Friday. I want to run it by you. we got a bunch of different sports topics in the air you can weigh in on. All right, a story about athletes getting pissy when they shouldn't in a moment. But the thing that scared me, well, Ray Fittipaldo at 8 o'clock. So Steelers talk. This is the time of year where everyone hits you with, why are you talking about X, Y, Z? We're talking about everything today, okay? We're, uh, we're bouncing around. But the thing that scared me on Friday night, guys, we do a movie night with my daughter every Friday night now. We popped on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm. It was made in 1937. Mm-hmm. You familiar with this movie? Mm, enough, I think. I hadn't seen it in probably 30 years. Yeah, same. At the beginning of the movie, that mean witch lady who's got it out for Snow White sends one of her cronies to take Snow White into the woods. And she is ta- he is tasked with cutting her heart out, oh. putting it in a box, and bringing the box with her heart back to this evil lady. I don't think that's appropriate for a four-year-old kid. No. <laughs> Now, it's one thing Mufasa gets stampeded by Wildebeest. You know, things happen. Right. You know, unfortunate things happen. But murder and sadistically bringing the heart back in a box? I was like, I don't know whether to turn this thing off or should we just keep watching because I'm I'm morbidly curious at how this thing's going to go the rest of the way. So we watched the rest of the movie. Oh, my God. And... We found that like a handful of these Disney movies. I'm not talking oh, about cancel yeah. culture, this, that, the other. Like, that's not it for me. But 1937, like, you know what we should, you know what's a good lesson for kids? If you're too pretty, some evil lady's going to cut your heart out and put it in a box. Yeah. Right, this is this is Snow White. Snow White. It was all about an evil lady trying to take over right. the character. I mean, that's a, that's a little much, though. That is a lot. I have, a, I have an explanation just real Uh-oh. quick. Oh, good. Uh-oh. So a lot of these stories. This is Jeffrey Dahmer stuff here. A lot, a lot of these stories were like kind of morbid or they had like their regular culture from that time period. Correct. And then Disney bought the rights to the stories and Disney-fied the stories. So you still see some oddities like that leaking out, but that was, you know. You're right about that. They did not start Disney-fying it for a little while. Initially, like I said, I think this was the first one, 1937. They did a great job with the animation. Now, this, the thing that, the about other. it is, Woo! in 1937, was it s- supposed to be a kid's story? That's a good no, question. That's my, that's my point. It wasn't. That's yeah. A, that, like, it was question. probably a movie that was watched by adults back then. It was more befitting of that than for a four or five-year-old. When yeah. she's going, Mommy, what? Why? Why is he going into the woods? Well, you're going to murder in cold blood is what's going to happen. <laughs> And send her heart back in a box. All right. There's a story about professional athletes that are making lots of money that don't feel like they're coddled enough. This is right up your alley, Paul. It might be right up your alley, too, Doran. You might know where I'm already going with this. We'll do that at about 820. But coming up next, we got our guy, Ray Fittipaldo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. This segment brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 and Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. His thoughts on Kenny Pickett uh, and whether or not Justin Fields could be his replacement. Is there any realism there? We'll get to that coming up next. Fan Weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Today, high 49. 